0: Welcome back to Ear Thoughts with me Kieran and me Harry. This week we'll be talking about everything from video games, a load of would-you-rathers and our personal heroes. Right, let's get into it. So recently I've been playing a lot of um, video games that are equivalent to period dramas,
1: right? That's a very obscure subject. So <laughs> that, that's like when someone goes on Mastermind. What's your specialist subject? Well, it's silver taps sold by B and Q from the years 2006 <laughs> to
0: 2007. That's a good point. What would your specialist subject be?
1: Oh, um, what do I know P- enough for? Pints
0: of Ellie postcodes. There
1: you go. <laughs> um, I don't know i'm trying to think what i know enough about i think kaiser chiefs i might be able to do um it, to be honest it would probably I, I be like, know. it would probably I be like post it'd probably be like west brom 2008 2020 or something
0: i didn't know you um were that big of a fan of kaiser chiefs yeah i always have been grew up with them oh yeah. fair enough well, I like them. They're all Leeds fans. Yeah. Do you know uh, why they're
1: called Kaiser Chiefs?
0: Is it after the football club?
1: It is, because it was the football club of the then Leeds captain, whose name I can't remember. Oh, but I've got uh, a Lucas Radebe. Yes.
0: Yeah, I see. The Chief. A good player. He was a good player. I'm not sure what my specialist subject would be, to be honest. Because I, I, we know. I think we know quite obscure facts, but I don't think we have real in-depth knowledge on certain things.
1: I, I think I could go with anything. I don't think I've got in-depth knowledge on anything really. I know the Isle of Wight is the smallest county in the UK for half the year. Why any Why? Because it shrinks. Yeah, because when the tide is out, it's bigger than Rutland, but when the tide is in, it's smaller. Oh, fair enough. That's the only, say, only one I can keep hold of. Don't know any. Well, I know the Hawthorns is the highest ground, uh, in professional football in the UK, or in England at least.
0: I'd say I have quite a comprehensive knowledge of the Northern Ireland troubles,
1: but that's because yeah. I did
0: a lot of research into it for a project, like an extended project in sixth form. <clears throat> Excuse me. But anyway, so I've been playing these games that are kind of set in specific time periods because obviously I'm a bit of a history geek so I kind of like that kind of stuff and it made me wonder, if I could go back in time, where would I go to? And I thought, hang on let me not think about this now, I'll wait and I'll speak to you about it. So (laughs) if you could go back in time anywhere, where would you go to?
1: Hmm, That's a tough see, i take this from two different perspectives Is are we like going back just to visit for a day or going back to like living see this is exactly what
0: I thought because I was like if it was time travel and I could go there and then I could be back in time to watch Leeds play then that would be a completely different answer to I don't know if I had to relive my life in a specific yeah. period
1: <clears throat> yeah because I think if I had to go back if I went to visit just for a day I'd probably go turn of the nineteen hundreds, maybe. Yeah. Um, sort of like end of Victorian era. Um, if I had to go back to sort of live from, I'd probably go sort of sixties ish. That is
0: exact exactly the same. I said I'd go back and relive the sixties. Yeah. Or, or, well, I say this. I probably have to be born in like nineteen. 19- 47-ish so that by the time I'm living through the 60s I'm like the same age I am now
1: yeah yeah I can see that um,
0: Because, I've...
1: why would you go to the 60s things were cheaper uh, radio was easier to get into uh, no VAR <laughs> um, no major global pandemic
0: yeah true
1: Beer was cheaper.
0: See, mine was basically the music and the football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there, you know, too. the passions of my current life. But yeah. in the 1960s and 70s, Leeds were at peak football and music, in my opinion, was like
1: a really good period. Yeah. I think Westbourne won an FA Cup in the 60s. I think it did.
0: I think was the, it 1968? I think it was, yeah.
1: I'm just trying to look now.
0: I know Sunderland won one round then, right? And I know we won one in 1972. Uh, Let's have a look. Yeah, you won 1968. Beat Everton
1: in the final. 1-0 after extra time. We won the League Cup in 66 as well.
0: When was the last time you won a trophy? Uh,
1: Major trophy or trophy full stop. We'll go major trophy. Oh, uh, let's have a look. We won... Does championship count? No. Uh, because
0: cause I could say, like, Leeds won one, what, eight, nine months ago. Uh,
1: does the FA Youth Cup count?
0: No. <laughs> we'll go. The FA Cup, uh, the First Division title, any European Cups, and the League Cup.
1: Any European Cups?
0: Well... The Europa, the Europa League, the Interfairs, City, or what is it called? The Interfairs. you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: the Champions League. It would be 68 then, the FA Cup. Crikey. We won the championship in 07-08 though. Yeah, we, we don't, we're we just a passionate club. We, we play because we like football. We don't like well, half the team and the manager, and the owner, and
0: the lead. It's the thing that makes football, isn't it, is the supporters and the fans.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I'd much rather be part of a team who who had won nothing, but were quite, I don't know, a loyal fan base and a good fan base and followed them, rather than a team that won quite a lot, but wasn't really connected with like the city or the place, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. But, so yeah, anyway, I go back to relive the 60s. I mean, obviously, there was loads of stuff that I didn't like about the 60s that I don't think I really considered at the time. Like, uh, the Cold War was ongoing, and I know social progression wasn't that good, but my instant reaction was, oh, I want to go listen to the music, and I want to go watch the football. <laughs> you could
1: warn people about Chernobyl as well.
0: But that's the thing, isn't it? If we went back, would we, if we went back to relive, would we have knowledge of stuff in the future? Because then you have to be really careful, don't you, about what you do?
1: Yeah, I guess you do have a point there.
0: Because I suppose if you made it big into radio, you could affect like people who did big. It's the um a mixture between the butterfly effect and the domino effect, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from with that.
0: But, like, if, if I was to go for a day, I'd probably go to ancient Greece. Because I think it'd be quite interesting. Oh, okay. But I suppose if, you, if you've got a time machine, you can basically go to anywhere you can imagine. Yeah. But the first place I'd go to would probably be then.
1: Yeah. I'm trying but, to think if there's any other sort of standout things that I'd want to go to. Um. Off the top of my head, I don't think I can think of any.
0: Yeah, what kind of
1: I think we'd both want
0: to go to see England win in nineteen sixty six. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. That would be good. Um I suppose you could um see like you could try because we are obviously a bit bit about conspiracies. Mm. We could try and like figure them out.
1: Oh so, yeah, like... just go visit like the thing. Yeah. Go visit what it is on that day.
0: We could go on the plane that DB Cooper was on.
1: Yeah, or MH370. Or flying. Well, then 19. the question
0: then the question is: Do you do you like die if you get into certain situations, or would you have a way out? No, you just it, have that
1: thing on the wrist that River Song has.
0: Oh, the vortex manip- manipulator. Yeah, yeah, you just use that. Takes you straight out there. True. And then we that, that'd actually be really satisfying to go on the D.B. Cooper plane, because that's been bugging me for a while.
1: but <laughs> oh, b- if, if you think that's been bugging you, read into the USS Cyclops. That's something I, altogether different. I feel like I don't want to do that because it's going to make my brain hurt. Or Flight 19. Actually, no, the one that I've got today, the one right. that I've got today, you will absolutely hate. So...
0: I was struggling for topics today, if I'm honest. And then I, I was thinking about what we'd actually do in a pub. And what we do in a pub is we just play drinking games. Yeah. And obviously we can't play Ring of Fire because, I don't know, we're miles away from each other. But we can play Would You Rather. But I thought instead of making it kind of a crude thing, we'll make it into like a thinking kind of talkative thing. So... I have five ones here, and I was telling you beforehand there were some nuts ones that were making my head hurt. Yeah. But I've got some, and I wanted to know kind of what we think about them. So the first one is, would you rather know every language or would you rather know every instrument? It's kind of a classic one. Language.
1: Language by Miles.
0: See, I was thinking about this, and I would love to play every instrument. I'm a really big music fan, but at the end of the day... Knowing every language is so much more useful.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, there are some instruments I'd love—I'd love to be able to play the guitar well. Um, I can play it, not well, but I love. I'd to like, like to play, play the much. piano, saxophone. I'd love to learn saxophone and steel drums. But knowing every language would be invaluable. Oh yeah, you—you you could go anywhere with that. That could open many more doors for you than knowing an instrument could. So I think I think we
0: agree that knowing an instrument, knowing instrument to be really really fun, but practically, yeah, it's better to know every language.
1: Yeah, it's the sort of thing. If you go to a restaurant, do you kind of stick to your diet or do you go for the pizza? Mm. Which, to be fair, I always go for the pizza. So. <laughs>
0: See, recently I've been sticking with the diet, and that's not much fun either. I've been sticking to it for three days now. I see, I've, stuck to it. I'm nearly to f- three, four months, I think I'm in.
1: Yeah, I'm, I've been I'd... on and off for three or four months. I can usually last about four days a week, then i ruin it with something else. Um, to be
0: fair, you do see progress, but it's just
1: frustrating not being able to, like, have the eating habits you used to have, the, you know? The problem for me is if I get bored, I'll go and try and find something to eat.
0: Yeah, I understand that. When you're bored... You look. You look in the fridge, and you can't find anything nice. So you go back, and then you go back to look in the fridge because you're as bored. And eventually, your standards of food will drop considerably.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, anyway, I've been watching more TV now, so. Oh yeah. I've been occupied.
0: I started watching Family Guy because I've never seen it before.
1: I've never really seen it before either, to be fair. But kind
0: of. See, I I watch all these shows with subtitles, right? Yeah. I'm one of those people that has to watch things with subtitles. Which brings me on to the next Would You Rather, and that's Would You Rather Lose the Ability to Read or Lose the Ability to Speak? Ooh.
1: Read or Speak. It's a really difficult one, yeah. what do you mean is read I think is a question there is it like read words or just like not be able to understand anything in front of you it's like w- would I be able to see what the numbers are on my um uh audio interface would I be yeah able to see-
0: I-, like- I more took it as like reading reading a book or reading. See, it's like, it depends... Yeah, so, I know what you mean, because I think you'll be able to read a menu, but if it was, like, just bigger bits of text, you know?
1: So I'd be able to understand the software in front of me, but not my notes to the left of me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, not be so able to
0: I, read. I'd have a comprehensive knowledge of audacity, but no idea what I've written on this A4 piece of paper.
1: Yeah, definitely not be able to read.
0: Cause I, I, because with speaking... See, I think about this, and I think I have to do a lot of reading for politics. Yeah, and I'd be unable to do any of it. Yeah, but I'm, I suppose there are people that can't speak who do really well. You know. Yeah. But then I suppose if you can't read, if you can't speak, you can't sing,
1: or you can't do football chants. Yeah. And you can't host a radio show. On Thursday, six till seven p.m. Friday, seven till ten p.m. <laughs> And Sundays, 12 to 1 p.m. on 3 at 2 radio. I tell you, not being able to speak would make the pub a weird,
0: a weird experience, wouldn't <laughs> it? it, it, it? would make it very quiet. See, I was thinking, if you took it more literally and it turns out you can't read anything, then being able to, like... See, if it was the choice between would you rather not be able to speak or not be able to see... Yeah. I'd, I'd choose seeing over speaking any day.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd but, do the same. But reading... I'd, r- I'd rather be able to speak. Yeah, I'm the same with you. I'd rather be able to speak than read. And speak. And I think and speak.
0: since we're like 19, 20 years old and we have quite, I'd say, a comprehensive knowledge of um, the English language, we yeah. don't need to read... Because often you read stuff and you learn how different words and to speak through reading. But since we already know all that, I think we'd be all right. But if you were a child and you couldn't read, speaking would be more difficult to learn, I think. I, I mean, think... obviously you can listen to people, but yeah, I, I feel like I got a lot of my stuff from reading, you know?
1: Yeah, I think depending on what sort of stage in your life and what you're doing, it affects you differently. Um, I mean, especially for me, trying to get into sort of broadcasting, presenting, speaking, you'd really struggle without it, um, especially if you're trying to get into it. Whereas, if I wanted to become a, say, I don't know, driving instructor or teacher, I feel reading would be quite important.
0: Or, like, an academic, I suppose, if you can write. Or a writer, I suppose you don't have to speak to be a writer. No. If you just read things and then thought about them and then wrote them, and then you could get. Because the thing with that is that I could still, like, well, not read books, but there's audio books now and stuff. Yeah, but the question is, would I be able to go onto Amazon to find them, or would that
1: constitute being able to read? No, you just have to be able to type. Then I mean, just take a guess at the one you want, it's one at the top. But it, it took me
0: three, four weeks to try and find. Oh, I tell you, that makes social media like. If you sent me a message saying, Do you want to do the podcast? I would have no idea. Voice note. Voice note. Yeah. You're one step ahead there, Harry. Yep. You're one step ahead.
1: Yep. So. I could do without social media, to be fair.
0: Yeah. I think I- I've massively cut down. I yep. got new social medias because. Um, I just thought it'd be better for me. And it has been because I felt really no need to go back to the old way. So I, I used to have like hundreds and hundreds of people on social media. yeah. Whereas now I have, I don't know, 20.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've never been big on social media. Um, I've never had Facebook. I got rid of Twitter four, five years ago now, maybe, um, Instagram, I still use. Snapchat, I still use. LinkedIn, I use. Other than that, don't use it. So Instagram, I don't use anymore. I, the only I ones use, I have, I use it, but mainly like for sort of football TV, um, promoting my radio shows, which are Thursdays, six or seven pm, Friday seven till ten pm, and Sundays twelve to one pm over on Three Eight Two Radio. And your podcast, yes. as well. And my podcasts, the Coffee Shop Best Bits podcast and Ear Thoughts, available on all popular podcast providers. So we've established that we
0: would rather speak than yes. read. Okay. The third, the, the next one is, would you rather be 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early?
1: 20 minutes and, early.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'd rather be 20 minutes early because there's nothing... like fashionably late only works in certain situations, right?
1: There's never any harm in being early.
0: No, but like... Don't let your girlfriend tell you that. (laughs) Like, when I go to the... If there's loads of people at the pub, I might arrive a bit late, right? I can confirm that. Because people... And I don't know what it is, it's just... There's more... It's quite narcissistic, really. It's more of a thing when you arrive, if you know what I mean. Yeah,
1: I, I get what you mean. I mean I've I've always been the one to sort of be there way ahead of time. So i I'll, I'll sort of, if someone says half past, I'll try and be there for twenty past.
0: Yeah, but if it was just me and you I'd be there the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But if it's a lot of us, I'd I don't know, would normally just give it twenty minutes. But yeah. I think overall in life, if I'd rather be 20 minutes early because if you have an important meeting like later in life you'd definitely rather be early.
1: Yeah. Because being late could cost you your job. Yeah. I mean I'm sticking to what I said I can't see any um harm in being early when there's definitely harm in being late. Football matches. Surgery. I mean I arrive two, I arrive <laughs> I arrive 2 hours early for football matches anyway. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not usually that. I'm usually only an hour, usually for me. Well, the thing is, I've got to get into the
0: car park, and that fills up fast. So you got to get there early. Yeah. And then, I, yeah, and right. then you have like loads of time to kill. And all I ended up doing in those like two hours before the match starts is
1: eat and drink. Well, see, I'm not too bad because there's quite a few sort of public car parks, like a twenty minute, half hour walk away. So I'll park in there, and then I can also miss all the traffic afterwards. See, I normally go to the um, club car park, then to the
0: McDonald's, then to the shop, then to the pub, then into the ground, yeah, and then to get some more food in the ground and a pint. That's It's nuts. Uh, Obviously, c- I wouldn't be driving, but...
1: Yeah. Well, mine's quite easy, because I'll park in the car park, it's maybe a 50-minute walk up to the pub, a couple of pints to the stadium, um, probably go to the toilet, grab a program, uh then probably actually go to my seat. I'll just start reading the program and wait for the match to start. So
0: twenty minutes early, definitely. Yeah. Right, the next one I see I thought about it and then I thought, I wonder what you think, and that's would you rather all of the traffic lights that you go to are green? Or
1: would you rather never stand in a line again? Never stand in a line again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I'm used to every traffic light near me being red anyway. When I get to it, I'm perfectly think... happy waiting in that. Actually, no. I would never wait in the line because then you won't even have to wait at the traffic light.
0: Well, I think it's like, I think it's actually never stand in a line.
1: I will stand got word up in, in my Ryan. car then.
0: But like, I will run ugh, to a you can, there, there is no way that you can stand up in a car. You could barely fit in my car. Never mind standing it. Yeah, my car's bigger. oh uh, yeah, but stand,
1: like fully stand. Oh yeah, okay. I can't fully stand.
0: That. I was thinking, how big Actually, you, no, you got? Who, like a, mon- got a, a Hummer.
1: Who's got a sunroof? <laughs> I don't think anybody's <laughs> got a sunroof anymore. <laughs> with a sunroof. I just stick my head out of it. Now my dad's got one. My dad's got a sunroof <laughs> on his car. I don't have a sunroof on my car.
0: I used to be mesmerised by sunroofs. Yeah. I used to think they were, they were the thing. But I thought about this, and I actually think that stopping at traffic lights can actually be quite helpful. Like, I find that if I... Like, I'm quite a nosy person, and if I see somebody I think I know, and I have some traffic lights, I will just stop, and then I will turn. Yeah. But... Like obviously, you get places quicker. I suppose that's a plus, but it all depends on, like, would you be at this? It depends how it work. because if you're in a traffic jam at a traffic lights, would how would that work? Would everybody start going? But then you're held up by the traffic, not the traffic lights. You know what I mean?
1: Well, it's for you, not everyone else. So it'd be so I... every traffic light you go through is green.
0: See, I'd, I'm never standing in. A, I don't stand in that many lines, to be
1: fair. I don't but, like, but the ones that I do are annoying.
0: Yeah, it'd be it be it'd be quite useful. No, like, that that'd
1: be great because when you go Black Friday shopping and you get put in a virtual queue, you can skip like eighty or thousand people.
0: I, I well, my first thought was theme parks. I don't fit on theme parks.
1: That's not a worry to me.
0: <laughs> I was thinking it's wait hours for this sort of stuff and it's just like a fast pass.
1: You wait and shopping. You wait hours, I go sit on the bench. I don't yeah. I don't fit on theme parks. Oh, uh at the bar. Trying to get a drink if it's really busy. Yeah, you know when you know people it's easier.
0: Yeah. And we never really have I well I never really have that
1: trouble where we go. But yeah, because we know people pretty much do. everywhere we drink. We know people.
0: We do know people. I don't, I I think we know quite a lot of people, but it baffles me how we know so many. You like, you're the reason yeah, we know so many. I'm not sure how I know that many people. <laughs> like, we'll just go to a well, if we do a pub crawl. I guarantee that maybe like three, four of the like eight, nine, ten pubs we go to, I'll know like people
1: inside of it. We'll pick up people on the way as well. It'll, we will. It'll start Definitely. from being like three of us to being a full group of six or eight.
0: I just think I don't. I don't know how I know these people, but I just do. And I, I think I've, I've. I'm awful at remembering most things, but people's faces I can normally do. Yeah. But anyway, the last. Would you rather is? Would you rather have unlimited first class travel? Or no food bills ever again.
1: What we count as food bills? Is that so, any food anywhere? Any food you buy and at restaurants. And no food bills. I don't. I don't travel most. I don't travel a lot. I travel once or twice a year, at most. But food bills would easily cancel out the first class travel if I wanted. It.
0: But surely, we're quite we want to travel, right? Yeah. I was thinking about this and I think I'd save more money Well, I'd be able to travel more on unlimited first-class travel. Like, on the weekends, on a Friday, I could just get a first-class travel to, like, I don't know, Iceland that I could be back on a Sunday.
1: Yeah, but when you're doing that, you also have to think you've got hotels, you're paying for eating out, you're paying for everything else. So that would... Add additional costs. True. So if you're thinking meal costs. Yeah. Food costs.
0: I think this is a bit like the every instrument one. As soon as you hear unlimited first class travel, you think, oh, that'd be great. And then you think of it more practically and efficiently. No food bills ever. What about if it was no food bills only at like restaurants and takeaways?
1: Then I go first class. Yeah. Because I I don't... I'm not the biggest person for eating out. I like to eat out, don't get me wrong. But I don't... I'm quite happy to eat at home. Same with See, takeaways. See, I love eating I, out. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I don't like it, but I'm more than happy to eat at home. Same with takeaways. I, I, I'd have maybe one a month, maybe. I used to, um... I used to...
0: You have one takeaway a month?
1: Yeah, if that.
0: Gosh, I have one one a week. Yeah, well, when and I'm you, on a diet, when you get
1: to my size, you try and cut out anything possible.
0: Yeah, well, I um, I eat out quite a lot, so I explore the different food places. I really like that. I I almost started thinking about writing a food blog, basically reviewing all of these places. Yeah, but I went to this Italian in Loughborough, and it's a really nice Italian, and eat, it's quite expensive, but it's, like, the ideal place for a date. And I feel like no food bills in that sense would be really useful. Because you could, like, all of our group could go out and I could grab the bill and it'd be free.
1: I think but, our bill would be bigger because of the alcohol.
0: Yeah, does it does it include drinks? Because then, no. then if you go to our local and buy a bowl of chips, but then, like... 20 drinks.
1: Yeah. I don't think it would. Which, Do you think it's only the food? Yeah, which is why I'm going for travel over it. If if it was just for... If it was for just eating out and takeaways, I'd go for travel over it. If it was... If it included drinks as well, I'd 100% choose that. But I
0: suppose... The thing is about both of these is realistically, I don't really go abroad in a year. Yeah. And I go. I'd say I eat out. I don't know once, in normal circumstances, I'd eat out once a fortnight or once every three weeks. Right. Yeah. But if you chose unlimited first class travel, you travel more because you feel like you have to get your worth out of it. The same as the eating out is that you be you'd be eating out all the time, right? Yeah. And the question is I I really don't like I don't know, I think it, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because there you can see the benefits to both of them. Yeah. Definitely. And I think in this current environment, we're more likely to be able to eat out than we are to travel.
1: Yeah. Both are heavily restricted, but yeah, I I'm with you on that one.
0: And currently we can get takeaway and we can't go to the Maldives. So. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a point there. But I don't know. I think it totally depends on... Like, because if somebody travels a lot and doesn't eat out a lot, obviously they're going to choose one. And I do a bit of both, so I'm a bit like, hmm. But anyway, that's that's the five would you rathers. And I heard through the grapevine that you have a conspiracy for me.
1: I do. I do. And you're gonna hate it. Um, Oh no. So, D.B. Cooper, that was the 60s, 70s, I think. Uh, This is the 70s again. uh, The 1870s. Crikey. Um, So, November the 7th, 1872. You may remember it, you may not. Um, Ah! That November the 7th. That November the 7th, yeah. Ah. Um a 282-tonne brigantine called the Mary Celeste. Oh, I knew you were going to do this <laughs> Set sail from New York Harbour on its way to Genoa, Italy. On board were the ship's captain, Benjamin S. Briggs. Uh, Briggs. It's a ship joke for anyone. Um, his wife, Sarah, <laughs> their two-year-old daughter, Sophia, and eight crewmates. Uh, less than a month later, on December 5th, a passing ship called the De Gratia, a uh, spot of the Mary Celeste at full sail, adrift about 400 miles east of the Azores. No sign of the captain, family, any of the crew, nothing. Um, aside from several feet of water in the hold, which was, it was nothing serious, that. Um, could easily be pumped out. It would have literally been, at that time, uh, what would have accumulated from someone not attending to the pump for a few hours. So all that signalled was someone hadn't been there for a few hours. Um... And a missing lifeboat. The ship was undamaged. It uh, was still loaded with six months' worth of food and water and all the cargo it had as well. Uh, the ship itself had a bit of a shadowy past. It was originally named the Amazon. Uh, after a few mishaps, which of course, uh, sailors back then, were quite superstitious. Uh, so there was a bit of illness and death of the first captain. There was also a collision with the ship. Uh, so they renamed it. Um... So there was here and there for a few years with that until 12 years after first set sail, after attempted insurance fraud, uh, it got back to the owners then. Uh, The captain, Benjamin S. Briggs, was a part owner. Uh, He was taking some cargo from uh, America to Italy. Um, And basically, the entire family disappeared and was never found again.
0: Right. So, as in the entire family on the ship? Yes. And all the crew? Yes. But there was a, a lifeboat missing? Yes. And I'm assuming they never found the lifeboat? No.
1: There's also no reason to tell why they left.
0: Yeah, that's... Like, I think obvious... Well, I think that they went onto the lifeboat. But, there's no... You said that the ship was completely fine.
1: Yep. Yeah, nothing wrong with the ship whatsoever. So the thing
0: that annoys me there is I I think they're probably dead, right? Well, they're they're definitely dead. Well, they're definitely dead now. 50 years ago. But I think they got into the lifeboat and probably had an accident and are all at the bottom of the ocean or whatever. The question is, though,
1: why did they get into the lifeboat?
0: Why? Yeah. That's what annoys me. Not not what happened, but more, more why Why did they get into it in the first place? Yeah,
1: because there were um, various theories. Um, I mean, the biggest question there is, why would an experienced captain such as Briggs, um, as well as all his additional crew, abandon a perfectly good sip, ship? Because when the other team found the ship, the De Gratia, that departed from New York, uh, I think it was about a week, week and a half later, they sailed it to. I want to say Gibraltar. I think they were on their way to somewhere Middle East. Um, I think it is Gibraltar. It, you're correct. Yeah, I think the De Grati was on its way to. It was. I think it was Egypt way. Um, so they took it in. They they took it in expecting a reward. Um, don't think they got one. Uh, I think they actually got reprimanded because they had the sort of the minimum amount of crew they need for their ship. So they split it so half went on the other ship. Um, They were actually reprimanded for not having enough crew, I believe. I think if you turned up with a ship,
0: just a random ship, and said, oh, it was empty, it's going to look like you definitely killed them.
1: Yeah, they did um, go through a trial. Uh, People believed them to have murdered the entire crew. Uh, They were eventually found not guilty. Even though the lead investigator at the time uh, did think they were guilty, um, all everyone's story um, was holeless. Essentially, uh, couldn't find any holes in it. Um, the ship they said was fine. Um, everything was in place as well. Even like the ship's log, uh, which you probably would have taken with you if you were abandoning ship. Um, but there's still no reason to say why. I mean, there have been theories that have ranged from sort of mutinies, uh, pirate attacks, even assaults by giant octopuses or sea oh, monsters. Classic, classic that. Yeah. Um, but one of, I think the one that's had most people sort of believe in what actually happened, the cargo, um, which was in the ship's hold was crude... The cargo,
0: al- sorry. Cargo. <laughs> the cargo. <laughs> yeah,
1: the cargo attacked them. The cargo killed everyone and dissolved them in the acid. No, uh, the cargo was 1,700 barrels of crude alcohol. So uh, the sort of theory that's hanging around with it is they smell... They got the hammered. <laughs> no, it, this this is like white spirits. This is sort of like you would die if you drank it like oh, it was. like proper... Oh, I see. Yeah, you could probably go for a yeah, couple don't... of shots, otherwise, uh, do say goodbye that. to your internal organs. Yeah. Um, the biggest sort of theory behind it is they smelt fumes coming from the crude alcohol, thought it was going to cause an explosion, abandoned ship, um, and then you can sort of go on say they were too far away when they realised it was uh, they could have turned back. Um, the last entry into the ship's logbook. Um, was the Mary Celeste was in sight of the Azores Island of Santa Maria, which was around 500 miles from when uh, De Grati would find it nine days later. So you've got a period of about nine days where you don't know what happened. Um, No one ever knows what happened.
0: You'd assume... So the theory that I was thinking about is that, oh, the people might have gone on board force them into a lifeboat, and whatever. But the issue with that is that if if you were keeping a log, your log would be not 500 miles away, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because the thing with a log is you usually I'm not the biggest sea person. Um, I believe, really? <laughs> I believe you're supposed to do one in the morning, one before you go to sleep. Than any notable events in between. I believe, don't hold me to that. Um you won't you certainly wouldn't leave it nine days without doing it. Yeah. So it's it's a mystery. It truly is a mystery. No one knows. I don't think anyone will ever know.
0: There you go. Vortex manipulator onto onto the ship. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wait till you hear about the USS Cyclops.
0: That's just gonna make my head hurt, isn't it? Yes. What What do you think happened to the
1: ship? I, I don't know. Um. I don't think the thing is if it was a targeted attack, they would have taken more crew, because I think it turned out to be about three or four sailing each ship back to Gibraltar. So true. That you would have taken more crew. A, to overpower anyone. Because bear in mind, their ship had uh, 11 people on it. So, it would have... Against what, eight? Uh, it was something like It was the same or less, I believe. So, I A, surely you take more people. Because, yeah. A, you've got to overpower load people. And, B, you then sail two ships to Gibraltar. Secondly i i don't i don't really know what point I was going to make <laughs> um why there to be honest because if they knew where it was going A, why would they even take it back because they didn't know there was going to be a reward for it they- because you could scrap it they could scrap it, but at the time it it would have been mainly wood, so there wouldn't have been that much value. You could have had value in the cargo, but then why would you take it somewhere such as Gibraltar, which was under British rule, where they could have quite easily traced the cargo? Surely you'd take it somewhere where you could have sold it sort of Black Market, um, or you could have sold it for where you would have been guaranteed money to get something. Yeah. So, I, I think what happened is it would probably be related to the load, the cargo load on there. I reckon they um, started smelling fumes, um, thought it was going to explode. They probably went through an area of high pressure or uh, just hot air, hot air um, and it just started making fumes. They thought it was going to explode reality it was nowhere near um and the abandoned ship um, see that's that's quite a sound theory really yeah but e- even in those circumstances the captains are meant to go down with the ship i'm not sure if that's purely just when it's sinking or whether that's full stop but Yeah, I have
0: no idea.
1: I find it weird that they wouldn't have taken the ship's log with them. Maybe they were...
0: I suppose they could have been, like... I don't know, um... Like, in a a rush. But then, you'd assume that would be one of the things they took, right?
1: Yeah, well, see, the conditioning of the ship showed no signs of struggle, no signs of rush, nothing. So, either they were all conveniently... In an area that wouldn't have shown signs of Rush. So no one was in their individual areas. No one was sort of in drawing rooms, dining rooms, uh, kitchens, anything. It would have meant they'd all been on the top deck, maybe. Or, say, in the cargo area and just ran straight up to the top. So, but yeah, no well, that, one will ever know. Unless someone finds truly... skeletons. But... They
0: were in the Atlantic, right?
1: Uh, I, bl- yeah, yeah. So we're coming from New York to. And oh, to Pretty much stuffed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I mean, with the Titanic, they were able to find the Titanic, right? Yeah. But didn't it didn't take them ages and ages, and like really good technology. It, and they had a vague idea of where it, it was. Yeah, as well. it took them a while to confirm the actual location. Um, to find, what was it, 11, 11 corpses in the Atlantic Sea yeah. after 200 years. Uh, ah. Yeah. I just can't really see that happening.
1: But, in, I mean, it's not just that. If you think Flight 19, that disappeared uh, towards the end of World War Two over the Atlantic. Uh, still never found that. USS Cyclops, that's the same. Uh, MH370, okay, it's not the, yeah. It's not the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, but the stretch of water, uh, Indian Ocean, south of that, um, that's still a very big stretch of water. Uh, There was another flight, I can't remember, off the top of my head. Um, Yeah, I I know which one you mean. Yeah, it's the whole sort of Bermuda Triangle area. Um, It's very open and deep water. Well, that truly is a marine mystery there, Harry. It is
0: indeed. And that is going to frustrate me as much as DB Cooper so
1: cheers thank you
0: the um the last thing i wanted to talk about today is heroes right yes cuz one thing that me and you both believe is that the nhs has been incredible Definitely. over this past year yes and they are real life heroes yeah yeah 100% and like Just the hours they work, the conditions they work in, the equipment they work with, the amount they get paid, stuff like that. It's just, uh, it baffles me on a daily basis and thank you to anybody who works for the NHS because honestly,
1: you guys are just heroes and Harry will support that. 100% yes. Thank you very, we can't thank you enough I know it, not first hand but I've had close experience with it over the past year, year and a half. Uh, we can't say thank you enough. But
0: I was thinking about heroes, and I was thinking more... Did you have a hero that you looked up to when you were a child? Like, a role model? I think maybe role model? But you know what I mean. Just somebody to look up at.
1: No. I can't think that I did. There wasn't anyone that... Well, what do you mean as hero? I think would be the first um, question. Do you mean someone that... that I want to try and emulate, or just someone that sort of inspired me? We'll go with, we'll go with inspired. I, I don't think so, because I didn't really know sort of what I was doing. I'm, I'm sort of the same then as I was now. I'm just sort of going through a life trying to make the best of it. Like, yeah. I... Everything that I did, no one else in my family had really done. I think the only exception to that would have been sort of swimming, which my dad and my great uncle were both quite successful for competitively. Um, I mean, I never even really tried it to that, their sort of level. Um, But like my dad's, my dad and my brother and my granddad, they're all uh, like keen uh, clay shooters. Game people... I don't know what the word is. Not, It's not my yeah. sort of thing. Um, I played tennis, golf. I did swimming. Played football for a bit. Um, none of my family is interested in football remotely. Uh, or tennis. Or golf. Uh, no one's really interested in swimming. <laughs> um, so we, we, didn't, we didn't have the most in common, really. So I, I guess... My granddad possibly... Because a lot of sort of the traits that I've got came from him. Yeah. So uh, possibly him, but I'm, I mean I'm quite a uh, people say free flowing spirit. I think I can just take it as it comes and see what does come. Yeah, I can I can see that. So I, I've I've had people that have inspired me to do things. Um, like I've I've got people that. I'd like to sort of emulate like radio wise. I've got people that sort of inspired me that um, sort of like radio role models. Um, Never really had it sporting wise. I don't think Um, any sports that I did. Of course, like you have your sporting sort of idols that you really like, but I don't think I ever tried to emulate any of them.
0: I think there's, yeah, there's a big difference, isn't there between an idol and a hero slash role model. Yeah. Because obviously, growing up, we had... So one of mine, I really liked Steve McQueen, the actor, right? Because he was really cool. But I wouldn't say he was a role model because some of the stuff he... He wasn't a role model so far as I saw him in movies and I thought he was cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I I get where you're coming from with that.
0: But like, and the next one, I suppose you probably have the same answer. Is Do you kind of look up to anybody now?
1: I don't think so I mean I think family wise the past year and a half have been quite hard for multiple reasons so I don't think anyone I I think we've had more to focus on than trying to find someone to look up to Yeah. basically Um, I think with everything going on nothing's really felt normal so if there was someone to look up to, it's like it's not been the right scenario to try and find them or like realize who they are. I think mine's, I think not, not ro-
0: So when I was growing up, I looked up to my dad because that's not normally your first port of call, right? Is your dad? Yeah. Because he's one of the first male authority figures you see, right? But I think nowadays, I I more look at, so I just finished the United, United States office, right? And I see, I don't know, the actors, some of the actors, and I think you're successful and you're like quite a kind person, right? I don't look at them as like, I, I don't look up to them in that way, but I think I'd quite like to also be successful and kind, but I, I don't want to do acting, you know? Yeah. I think you more just see traits that kind of think, oh, that's what I want to kind of do, rather
1: than having like a fixed role model. Yeah, I get where you're coming from with that. Um, I think acting is sort of a weird subject, because you get some that have sort of studied it for years and sort of been pushed into it, Then you've got some that sort of went on endless auditions, worked part-time jobs at the same time, and then got their lucky break. So I think it's you pick the right one. And you, and know, you just it, get some that just
0: happen to be like the right place at the right yeah, time. Right place,
1: right time. They got offered an interview or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the next one is, what do you think the most heroic profession is? And I think we kind of could, one of the most heroic professions we obviously think is being an NHS worker, right? Definitely, hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's difficult to find other professions that have especially domestically have such an impact I suppose voluntary charity charity workers Yeah, I think they're quite heroic people
1: I think but if, if you look at what's happened over the past year and a half you can't ignore the fact that anyone working in healthcare uh, care services anyone that's put their life on the line to help other people during this um, they are a hero
0: yeah, which kind of brings us on to the last kind of point of this section, kind of what traits make a good role model, and I think one of them we kind of covered is like selflessness. You just said people, people doing stuff for other people just because it's the right thing to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I think I'm that kind of selflessness that. is is a great a great trait. What kind of? I think another one is kind of smiling in the face of adversity, you know? Yeah. That kind of resilience. That To be able... To, like, I m- met a couple of nurses over this past, past year, and they're not bitter, and they're not angry. They're just kind. Yeah. And I think that is one of the greatest traits one can have. Yeah, definitely. Do you think there's any other traits that kind of constitute a hero? Because... I'm, I don't know. I think kindness and selflessness—they're—they're they're big ones.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, know, you can always say like different things stand out with different ones. I mean, kindness, yes. Uh, always managing to stay cheerful, yes. But I, I think the sort of standout one is selflessness. Um yeah. I think with that, you won't be able to do it. Yeah, I think. I read. I
0: read. A couple of th- I, I read quite a lot and just the running theme in some of the things I read is that at the end of the day, and it's like a classic argument about religion or particularly people that are agnostic, is that some people say that it's not you don't have to be successful in life or you don't have to do X, you don't have to do Y. Because at the end of the day, I suppose we all have each other. So the best thing you can be is kind of this selfless kind that we talk about
1: yeah yeah and i think i agree with that
0: i think that's one of the things that we strive strive to do you know yeah yeah and it doesn't have to be you should try and be as as most as you can but it doesn't always have to be it's not always the big things that make sometimes it's the little things you know
1: yeah yeah
0: it's like when i don't know when somebody's down and you're you buy them something for for no, for no reason of your own. This kind of altruistic, they're upset, I will, I don't know, get them a coffee or get them whatever. It's really not a big thing at all. And yet, it can make people's lives that bit better. Yeah. And I think...
1: Like, one small act of kindness can really um, affect how good someone's day is.
0: Yeah. So, if you're going to take one thing from this podcast... just be just be kind yeah just just be selfless and be kind that was ear thoughts and next week we'll be joined i think by a special guest and you'll have to tune in next week next week to see so that's goodbye from me and goodbye from me